Welcome to the Wild and Free Podcast, Episode 83. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week, we're talking with the founder of The Peaceful Press and my fellow podcast host, Jennifer Pepito, about her new book, Mothering by the Book. It's valid for us to be afraid for our children. There's a lot of ways that it's valid, but fear makes us controlling, it makes us manipulative, it makes us kind of miserable. And so doing whatever it takes to overcome is going to bring us more joy, but it's also going to bring a lot more joy to our children as well. Plus, we'll share about our new wild and free content bundle for the month of August called Listen. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. The other day, I saw an Instagram post by a mother of grown children who confessed that she had wished their early years would have passed more quickly. The sleepless nights, the temper tantrums, the turbulence of teenagedom. But now she spends her days longing for her children to come home. Did you know that we all have moments of regret, of not appreciating time, of not savoring our moments? Time is greedy. That much is true. But grace is healing, love redeeming, and hope is calling us to try again another day. Oh, may we savor each God-forsaken day of parenthood. May we bless every Lego block we encounter underfoot. And may we filter out the barbs of their rebellion to hear their heartfelt pleas. I'm thankful that children's spirits are resilient that mercies are made new every morning. And I cringe at having to need frequent reminders of my own values and passions. But I do, we all do. Let's face it, even on our best days, we mess up with our kids. In the midst of relaxed rhythms and beautiful days, we still have moments that reveal our shortcomings. We use a harsh tone. We don't meet them at their level. We neglect to connect with them, or we just plain behave poorly. But in spite of it all, they are growing beautifully, blooming at their own pace, discovering who they are, and learning to express themselves, and shining their light as best they can. And their mother is growing in grace, too. In a moment, you'll hear my conversation with Jennifer Pepito about her new book, Mothering by the Book. But first, I wanted to tell you about our new content bundle for the month of August called Listen. I've learned so much from my children this past week. They've shared some important concerns with me, a soapbox of thoughts. And it's not that they didn't need to hear what I had to say, but it was equally, if not more important, that I heard them. They shared their needs, and I listened. Their words took my breath away and sank deep into my soul. They showed me how to be a better mother. Even in the midst of frustration, I could hear their hearts. Oh, may I always be so willing to listen. Friends, our new Listen Bundle is packed with articles, tutorials, handcrafts, and stories designed to help you connect on a deeper level with your children and foster a beautiful environment for learning. 
You'll find pieces such as The Art of the Family Picnic by Rihanna Goss, Overcoming the Imposter Syndrome by Amy Hughes, a Grow Cards nature journaling tutorial by Kristen Rogers, a recipe for making rainbow popsicles with your kids by Naomi Uvando, how to draw family comic strips by Jan Dubinsky, and so, so much more. We hope that these thoughtful resources, simple practices, and beautiful activities will inspire you to dive deeper into the wonder of learning, living, and loving together. To get the new Listen Bundle and find out how you can get our monthly magazine in your inbox, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles. My friend Jennifer Pepito is on a mission to help mothers overcome fear in their lives, and she creates resources to help create joyful memories that lead to deeper connections and lasting relationships. Jen is a co-host here on the Wild and Free podcast, a mother of seven, and is now the author of the new book, Mothering by the Book, which is available wherever books are sold. Our friend Rochelle described her book as part memoir, Heart devotional, and I really think that that's just the perfect way to describe it. We recently sat down to talk about her new book. Let's jump into the conversation. Well, it's really exciting um, to be here. First of all, congratulations on your book coming out. I mean, I am so, so excited, and it was such a joy and honor to get to read your book early, and I enjoyed it so, so much. I loved it thoroughly. Loved it. First of all, you win Best Title Award. I mean, Mothering by the Book is such a fabulous name. Did it take you long to come up with it? I No, it was, you know, at first we were like parenting by the books. And it's obviously very tongue in cheek because I don't necessarily believe there's one parenting book that can tell you how to do it. <laughs> so I think people will see that as they read. Right, right. I mean, that feels obvious, which is what makes it so fun and clever. And really, I mean, Mothering by the Book, it's tongue in cheek, but it's because you write each chapter with a great literary companion, really. Um, So tell us more about that. Yeah, I am a mom, and I think that automatically means I deal with some fear and worry. And maybe for me, it was more than the average amount of fear and worry. But I was reading parenting books and trying to figure out the best way to parent so I could not be afraid anymore. And what really helped me to overcome was reading the books to my children. As I was reading out loud, I saw how other mothers or other spiders in the case of Charlotte (laughs) overcame their fears or overcame the challenges in their life. And it helped me to overcome my fear. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's what the subtitle is. So the it's Mothering by the Book, and the subtitle is The Power of Reading Aloud to Overcome Fear and Recapture Joy, which is just so beautiful. Um, you know, I just have to say that I really love the content. Obviously, like just reading about the great classics and all the literature is just right up my alley, as I know it will be so many of these moms. But um, I just really loved and appreciated the stories that you share personally from your own life. Um, They were so real and fun and also really um, some hard stories and really vulnerable. So I think it's going to relate so much to other moms. I know it did me. It really touched me in my heart and moved me. So I just wanted to say that as much as I love that it includes all these great literature stories, literary stories, 
I particularly loved your personal stories and having known you all these years, I learned a lot more about you and your life. And so that was really fun. Yeah, I feel the same way reading. I'm reading your book right now, The Wild and Free Family. And I love, you know, I I met you when you were pregnant with Millie. And so I've known you for a few years and have loved you. But reading these stories is such a sweet peek into the things that you've gone through as a family and, and obviously amplifies my respect for you and Ben and your children. Mm, thank you. I mean, yeah, this summer, I think we were in communication before this, you know, with the, with the Wild and Free Bundles and things like that. But this summer, I think, marks seven years when we actually met in person in Portland, Oregon. Yes, and that was such an amazing weekend. I love every conference. I was thinking about um, Long Beach. That was such an amazing time together. Um, each one of them has their own sweet stories, the conferences of... Yeah. Of camaraderie and also survival. Mm, Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And this one, the Portland conference was our second conference when you and I first met in person. And I will always remember Portland as being the place. I still remember where we were standing when we met for the first time and hugged. And (laughs) anyway, it's just so sweet. And the journey has been great. And this has been just a wonderful peek into more of your life. And I just feel really honored to be a part of it and can't wait for everyone that's listening to get your book and read it. Um, you know, this, you know, the subtitle talks about overcoming our fears. Can you talk about some of the fears that mothers face and maybe a bit of your personal story that compelled you to write this book? Yeah, I think there's so many fears. Like I have felt afraid that I couldn't manage all my children. And I felt afraid that I couldn't keep up with other people with the homeschooling. And I felt afraid that, Um, I would just fail my children in a global way. So Mm. there are so many fears and each chapter kind of goes over, you know, the fear of my children falling behind academically and how reading the book understood Betsy and seeing the confidence Mm. that this family who took her in had really helped me overcome some of those fears. So, yeah, there's I think there's just so many fears that we face as moms in every stage. You know, the baby years will I even survive potty training? Will I even survive the sleepless nights? I think as mothers, you know, we overcome a fear only to come upon another one. Mm, It's so true. Like we outgrow one stage and the next stage, right when we outgrow that, it opens up a whole new, um, a whole new season of worries and fears. Um, Can you share in the beginning of the book, you share kind of your story of, um, realizing kind of, I think, some of your fears um, early on in in parenthood and in your marriage. Can you just share briefly about why this was such an important theme in overcoming in your own life? I think partly because I feel like the fear robbed so much joy from my family. You know, Mm -hmm. I was very intentional as a mom. Like I've been a student of motherhood from the very beginning. I've been passionate about it. I love being a mom, but being afraid that we were doing the wrong things or afraid that a decision my husband made would impact my family negatively made me kind of miserable. Like it, it, it did not serve my family well for me to be stuck in my head afraid. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about the message and so willing to bear my soul to help other moms maybe see themselves in my story because I feel like it's so natural and it's so um, sort of valid. It's, it's valid for us to be afraid for our children. 
there's a lot of ways that it's valid, but fear makes us controlling. It makes us manipulative. It makes us kind of miserable. And so doing whatever it takes to overcome is going to bring us more joy, but it's also going to bring a lot more joy to our children as well. I, yeah, I love that. I was really moved by your introductory story and just some of your own personal journey with your family and just how you realize like childhood is too precious to waste. And all of your fears were just kind of really doing the exact opposite of what you were so passionate about giving them and experiencing as a family. Um, and so I love that you talk about how we can recapture the motherhood magic by experiencing the joy and the simple things and returning to hope, really, um, and falling back in love with our actual life. So I love that. We are all probably mostly homeschoolers that are listening to the podcast. And if not, then we're at least drawn to the organic, sometimes, I guess, kind of nerdy ways of classic literature and nature and all the things. So think though, we read the great works, this, the classic books, and we do so because we want to be educated and well-rounded. We also want to grow and be changed, but I don't know that we always apply the life lessons so directly to our own lives. So I really love that. Um, that's what you do by bringing each chapter, um, with a point and then also a great work of literature. One of the principles I really resonated with was in chapter four about speaking words of life over our children. And the book you share is Charlotte's Web. And I think most of us are familiar with that story. But um, could you share just a little bit of your personal story that goes along with that chapter? I know you shared um, about how words became a really important theme for speaking life yeah, into well, your children. Um, I have a daughter. My second daughter has sensory processing disorder and um, some other delays or disabilities. And we were in a season in our family where I was so frustrated because she was, you know, I was trying to teach her and trying to help her move forward in life. And I was really afraid of how these delays were going to affect her. And we were using a neurodevelopmentalist at the time. I know you're familiar with that approach as well. Mm -hmm. And she suggested that we make a recording of positive words that we would play for her at night because at that point it was really hard. I, I, I believed in the power of words. I believed in speaking life, but at that point um, this child was struggling in so many areas. It was hard to find anything to say. So she said, you know, make a recording that says you are kind and you are patient and you, I love the way that you think about others. And I love the way that you are so creative and I love your joy and just mm. speak that over my child. And it's funny because I think some of us as moms feel like it's okay to speak meanly to ourselves and our children. Like we don't really realize the impact of the words that we say. There is a book that called Word, Words Can Change Your Brain I talk about in the book. And it, it says that, you know, the words that we speak, I mean, it can reduce or increase our serotonin levels. It can mm. change our brain, actually, to believe differently than maybe we we that maybe is serving us well, you know, it doesn't serve us well to think all the time about how lame we are as mothers or how terrible our children are. It doesn't serve mm -hmm. us. It might at the moment feel true, but it doesn't serve us. And I love, you know, in the story, Charlotte's Web, 
Charlotte spoke life over Wilbur. She said, you are some terrific pig. And Wilbur lived up to the words that were spoken. I think it's so important. You know, I've seen it work in my own family that sometimes you have to speak things that don't necessarily seem true, but there's a a hope. We speak, you know, seeds. We plant seeds knowing that someday we'll bear fruit. And this is what we're speaking life over. It's almost like fertilizing the seeds that we've planted instead of you know, dumping something toxic on those seeds. Oh, you're never going to make it. Or I'm such a terrible mom. We put some fertilizer on there and say, I can overcome and you have what it takes for life and um, for success. And we can do this together. And maybe it'll be hard, but we can overcome. We'll be back to our conversation with Jen in just a moment. But I wanted to take a minute to remind you how you can get some pretty amazing perks for ordering the new Wild and Free Family book before it comes out on August 30th. Wild and Free started as a community of mothers who were passionate about reclaiming wonder, fostering curiosity, and finding our way back to the wild places. We came together to reclaim childhood and the wonder that lives in each of us. But a new book called The Wild and Free Family shares how we can reclaim our families as well. Drawn from my own stories, as well as those shared by other families in the Wild and Free community, this book will help you forge your own path to a life full of wonder, adventure, and connection. To celebrate The Wild and Free Family, we've put together a special content bundle called Family for those who pre-order the book by August 29th at midnight. Simply upload your receipt on our website and we'll give you a whole package of downloadable resources focused on the theme of family. To learn more about the book and get your pre-order perks, go to bewildandfree.org slash family. Now back to our conversation with Jennifer Pepito. Yeah, I love that you wrote, I'm quoting your book here, but you say, Charlotte could have agreed with the rest of the barnyard animals that Wilbur was just a piece of meat. But instead, she changed his identity and his destiny through her words. And I just think that's so powerful um, to think about how we could do that for our children. And I really love that idea of the blessing recording. Um, is that what you call it? The Yeah, yeah. So it was just at the time, I think it was probably a tape recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now it's so easy to record things on our phones and just play it, especially if you have a child who in the daytime is really difficult and getting a lot of negative energy or negative feedback, even from siblings. Maybe it's not you, but maybe it's just they are struggling to get along. But then, you know, at night as they're falling asleep to just play some uplifting words to them, play some encouragement. I also, this was a new book to me when reading your book, and I've heard of it before, but I confess that I've never read it before. But you mentioned it earlier, too, in the podcast, but Understood Betsy, and that's in chapter five. And, and the fear that you talk about in that chapter is the fear of ch- our children being behind or, you know, and I think as homeschoolers, we can all relate to this. And, you know, even if we're not homeschooling, um, just that feeling of, are my kids up? with everybody else? Are we doing the same things? Are they fitting in? Whatever that fear is. Um, Can you share just a little bit about that book, Understood Betsy, and how you personally resonated with it and um, were able to see? Yeah. So Betsy, Betsy was an orphan 
and her aunt was taking care of her and her aunt sadly reminded um, me of myself. The aunt was like trying to do everything perfect. She was reading up on all the research and, and trying to get it right, but she was kind of nervous and overbearing. And then a life circumstance happened where Betsy had to be sent away and they send her to this farm family. I think wild and free families would love this book. And the farm family, they are just very practical. Like they, they're sure of themselves and they're sure of their place in the world. And they have a lot of life skills and they're not phased. You know, if Betsy's behind in one area or she gets a bad grade on a test, they're like, you know, that's not, that's not all of life. That's just one small measure. We don't really care about grades here. We care about progress. So their attitude was so life-giving and, and so balanced. I just really love in my in my life, in the, in homeschooling and everything, the idea of a balanced life that whether our children learn to read at six or at 10, it doesn't really have that big of an impact on their whole life. There are so many other aspects of a child, you know, are they kind? Are they creative? Are they diligent? Do they take care of themselves? There's so many parts of being a human. And I love that in this book, Understood Betsy, you really see that highlighted that there's more than just one way to succeed in life. Yeah, it's so good. You write, and I've not read the book, but about this family, this farm family, The is it the Putneys? Yes. That you say that for them, for the Putneys, education was a conversation. And when we make education a conversation instead of a competition, children will remember what they learn. And you go on to say that Betsy was learning. She was learning how to make butter and show compassion and care for animals. And she learned to read aloud and bring enjoyment to others and help other people and build community. And she was learning in her schoolhouse, but that the greater... Um, kind of education was taking place in life and in her home and that whole environment was really taking it to a whole other level. Yeah, it's such an encouraging book. I think homeschoolers were so often addicted to test results. You know, we're trying so hard to detach from the system and yet we still get uncomfortable if our child is not measuring at grade level or something. And this book really highlighted the power of, of just a whole life which I think, you know, if you follow sort of a Charlotte Mason education, so much of that is just reading books and talking about them and and then not expecting there to be this uh, this tested show of learning all the time. But there's some faith that your child is learning because we're having the discussions and we're having the conversations. I think, you know, I love all the stories that you share. But like I said, I really was just brought into this whole kind of conversation about how our motherhood can be affected in, by the books that we read. And I loved the personal stories that you brought from your own life. Um, for this particular idea of like the fear of our children getting behind, you share a personal story about your own kids and your own life. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I've been homeschooling now for 25 years. And so the fears early on, you know, are we on track? They've really kind of just disappeared as time has gone on because I've seen my children um, go into college classes as young teens and excel academically. And it didn't really matter. You know, some of my kids had more education than others because of our life circumstances, but they've all done really well once they got into, you know, formal learning in that way. And so, you know, I think that sometimes it's just time and experience that helps us overcome those fears. 
but definitely through our years, the things that seem to matter, the things that seem to matter for developing whole people and developing people who can excel in any area are, you know, reading aloud, knowing how to work hard, knowing how to get along with others. And you shared too, like just how in those early years, there were just days and days where you weren't doing formal school, whether they were helping build a house because you guys were living in Mexico at the time and and doing a lot of community service and missions work. And, you know, a lot of life was just lived hosting groups and building and school was kind of fitting into your life, not the other way around. And I think that you say that this kind of just looking back on this, now that you've launched several kids out into the world and your, um, oldest daughter has, you know, graduated with her advanced degrees in law and just how, you know, looking back, um, you see that it's, you know, it's helped you overcome that fear, the experience and reading other stories. And I think that just like you read the story understood Betsy and can apply it to your life. Like so many moms are going to read this and read your story, Jen, and be like, okay, it wasn't the Putneys. It was the Pepitos. They did this. They were able to, um, make their education a part of their lifestyle and their kids went on to, um, be successful in their own way and in their own unique gifts. So um, thank you for sharing so much. I just think one of the most important things that we can give our children, especially in the early years, is just a sense that they are a joy and that we are happy. You know, when we as moms are all up in our head worrying about being a good mom, it often makes our children feel like they're the cause of our unhappiness and, and it shuts them down. But if we can find ways to push through our fear and just show them that we love our lives, that we love being with them, that we love playing in creeks with them, that we love sitting on the beach with them, that we love even changing their diapers. I mean, we don't have to be weird about it, but if we can start to show our children that we are happy to be their mom, even if sometimes it's scary, I think it will go a long way toward helping our children learn because people are natural learners, but fear has been proven to shut down learning. So if we create an atmosphere of fear and competition, I think it doesn't matter how hard we work at it, it's going to shut it down. It's so true. And you can't really experience joy if you're living in fear. And so I love that that is the, you know, what you call like the, you know, recapturing the magic of motherhood is that by ditching these fears, we're able to recapture the joy. And that's what's going to not only help us enjoy the journey, but help our children enjoy the journey and then open their hearts to learning and finding joy in that journey. So it's so good. Um, I could talk to you about this all day. Um, so real quick, I wanted to ask you this because as I'm reading your book and reading all these stories and you're opening my eyes to so many different things I didn't see in the stories, or at least, you know, I passed through, but read it like a story and didn't necessarily apply everything to my life. How, how did you write this book, you know, with all the ways that, um, we can speak life into our children and learn from these great works of literature. Did you read these stories with this perspective the first time, or did you have to reread the stories again with this perspective? 
tell me about the process of reading them in, in this light. Yeah, I mean, I've been reading out loud. Like, that's such a normal part of my homeschool life. So I have been reading these books and meditating on this. Like, we, when we were in Mexico and we were going through our own long winter, I was reading The Long Winter and thinking, oh, Ma survived this. I can survive. So all <laughs> of the stories that I share in there are the real-time um, applications and then as I as I wrote the book, you know, I might have had to revisit a book to sort of jog my memory. But those are the real time applications of the books that I was reading out loud to my children. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it just when you are experiencing something that you're reading, it's so much more applicable. And I love that you've been able to merge your own stories with these great works of literature that that we all either have read or want to read. And I hope everyone will read these books. You know, this book, um, Mothering by the Book, you have done so much in each chapter because you've shared your own personal story. You've shared, you know, about the fear that mothers might um, relate to. And then a companion book um, kind of sharing how lessons can be pulled from that to overcome the fear. But you also include a study guide and further reading in each chapter. There is a faith component to each chapter because that's such a huge part of your personal journey. So I just think that it's just such a great book. So just motheringbythebook.com. You can find more information there, pre-order the book. So you guys can find Jen on Instagram at Jennifer Pepito and at The Peaceful Press. Thank you so much, Jen. I know that this probably felt like a little different to be in the reverse seat, but I'm so grateful that you gave me the opportunity to talk to you about your book um, this time around. And we're all just so excited. Oh, thank you, Ainsley. I, I love getting to record the conversations for Wild and Free, and it's always an honor to get to chat with you. Thank you, Jen. I can't wait for everyone to get their hands on a copy of your new book. Friends, don't forget about our new content bundle, Listen, that's available right now. When you subscribe to the content bundles this week, you'll not only get access to this month's bundle and last month's bundle, but we'll also put a welcome kit in the mail that includes your first print magazine. To take advantage of this special opportunity, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But join us again next time for the Wild and Free podcast.